Welcome to DaVinci's Discourse, where the minds of today's most innovative entrepreneurs are unveiled and explored. And my name is Kyle Campbell, your guide on this journey into the depths of the entrepreneurial psyche. So sit back, relax, and get ready to dive into the minds of the greats. This is DaVinci's Discourse. We'll just jump right back into it. <laughs> so, uh, All right, so yeah, yeah, get, get, get back into it, brother. Now. Uh, from the start, like I initially said, uh, like I wanted to be a video game designer, but I was 15 years old. My art was good, but there were not a lot of good schools in India. So I, I wanted to go abroad. Like I want to go to Paris and like, uh, study, uh, under, under this company called, uh, DSK, uh, the, the president or the prime minister at that time, uh, started up this, uh, animation and video game design school, uh, Dominic Strauss-Kahn, that was his name. And, uh, he started that, uh, big, um, uh, uh, you know, like institute over there. I wanted to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, my parents were like, hey, you're 15 years old. You can't be traveling to France, you know, by yourself and, you know, like stay there for a couple of years. Uh, why don't you get a business degree or why don't you get a bachelor's degree, basically? And then you can decide what to do. And uh, just then, like in my in my city, I'm from Mumbai, in my city, like uh, uh, they started up a new course. It's It was called bachelor's in uh, management studies, like a like a precursor to MBAs. And I did that for three years and in three years time, I learned so much and it really, really opened my mind to looking at things from an eagle, eagle, uh, eagle's point of view, you know, like from, from the top and looking at how all the aspects of a business work and come together to make it a whole, you know, machine, you know, like how all the little cogs have to work together, you know, to, to make it work. So uh, it was really interesting for me. And uh, I was like, okay, you know what, if I start doing business and if I'm, if I get better at doing business, I could probably like start my own video game design company. I could hire video game designers instead of, you know, like being one myself and business really, really got me interested. And then um, after that, I, I honestly wanted to move abroad because the world is so big. I can't live all my life in one country. You know, you got to travel and you got to experience like the different cultures and stuff. And coming to Canada was one of the best decisions I ever made, man, because Toronto, mm -hmm. Vancouver and all these major cities in Canada, like you can find a person from every single country out here. Yep, and it is so, so nice. You get to talk to all these people. They have different cultures. You get to try different foods. There's so many different restaurants and all this. It's so exciting. It's it's really, really um, fun for me to get to know people from different parts of their different parts of the world, you know. Um, coming to Canada, like I, I don't even need to travel that much to actually get to know different cultures and understand people from different cultures which is really interesting and uh yeah i studied for two years in toronto i studied more about business um i started being like uh um being a part of this uh, startup called uh startup tech unleashed and that was a you know event company where uh it was in the tech industry we would just bring down like uh tech entrepreneurs that became successful in the last two or three years and would have a fireside chat. We would interview those people and, you know, try to like uh, share with the audience, like some gems of wisdom, you know, that you can probably like apply in your own business. And uh, uh, even personally for myself, like uh, if you're planning a business, like uh, you need to see it from a lot of different perspectives and there's only a certain amount of questions and things that you could personally come up with. But if you're part of something of a, of a group event like that, like the amount of questions that people used to ask was like, hey, I never even thought about that. Like, that's a really good question. You know, we could incorporate this in the business mm. and make it better. Mm. And um, something like this, you don't get in theory. You get to those uh, events and then you you talk to different people and you, the, you know, like you share your ideas with people and then they 
reflect back, uh, you know, what they think about those ideas. So it was it was really, really good. And my uh, confidence started, uh, you know, growing, growing much better in terms of uh, starting my own business and all those things. And then I, I moved to Vancouver because my brother got uh, enrolled in his MBA over here. Um, it was Vancouver is pretty fun. I was like, OK, yeah, I checked out Toronto. I checked out Montreal. Now to try the West Coast, you know, like, let's check out West Coast. Yeah, West Coast. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so and... for the meantime, like I, I, I went into the cell phone industry, uh, uh, like uh, studied up and uh, started working in the cell phone industry. And uh, luckily they had like a manager role, uh, you know, open in Calgary. So I stayed for six months in uh, <laughs> in Vancouver and then moved to Calgary for a year. Hmm. and uh, stayed in Calgary, learned the whole business. We were going to start our own franchise. So we're like, okay, I'm learning everything from all the way from, you know, like uh, the sales level to to like, you know, like um, setting up locations and, you know, like setting up like a franchise model and all those things for the cell phone industry. So um, until March, 2020, I was in Calgary and then COVID happened. Right. Everything got shut down. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I was there in Calgary by myself. I was like, me and my brother are the only family that are out here in Canada. My parents still stay back in India. They were like, okay, uh, I've, you know, I think it's time for me to move back. And, you know, like COVID kind of gave me that push to actually, okay, it's time to start a business. You know, we're not getting any younger. Like uh, there's no need to wait. We, we've understood and figured out however much we need to figure out. And the rest would be, you know, you know how entrepreneurship is like, you know, like you jump off the mountain and then you build a plane while you're falling, you yeah. know, free falling. Oh, that's, that's what entrepreneurship is like. So, yeah. you know, just doing that. And then uh, we started a cell phone franchise. We opened up two locations, one in uh, downtown Vancouver in Granville. Oh, yeah. And one on Vancouver Island in, in Nanaimo. Uh, those two locations. Were you fixing phones, selling phones, buying and selling? What, yeah, what? yeah. So we had this brand. It was called Southwest Cell Phone Accessories and Repair. So we had okay. a particular investor uh you know interested in developing a brand with us like that we found out through our network was very you know wanted to expand his business too so yeah we saw started up a cell phone store um with uh accessories repairs and all those things i did Everything. the same thing man that's so funny yeah. because when i was I, yeah. when i was 17 just in high school actually still in high school yeah i started, I started buying and selling phones fixing the phones selling the cases auto nice. boxes all that stuff you know aliexpress yeah. <laughs> buying the screens fixing phones selling yeah. them yeah man i did the exact same thing that's so funny um but you did it at a bigger level because yeah, but it was yeah. good money, dude. But it was a pain in the ass dealing with all the people that uh, yes. were spending like a hundred bucks with you, and they were a pain in the ass just to work with for that hundred bucks, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to take yeah. it up a level. Um, but yeah. you're talking about getting investors involved. How did you How did you go about doing that? So that was already through the network. So this gentleman already had like a a, a cell phone store in um, in Vancouver Island. And he was like, okay, you know, now it's time to start my own brand too. So he was actually like, he owned a, a franchise of a different company and he wanted to start his own brand too. So that's where we actually got to, got to talking and, uh, you know, we started the brand and worked out pretty good. But then uh, I was thinking like, Hey, okay, this business is good, but this is not, not one of my goals because, um, like three, four years ago, I was on a trip to South America and, uh, I was on this, like deadly hike and I, I i know i almost fell off the cliff man i almost Yo. fell and uh, you know oh. my heart was pounding in my chest and i was like okay you know like when you're close so close to death you know it brings a lot of things to perspective like of uh where do you want to go and you know how short life is and all those things so 
immediately after that, like my goal was to actually like uh, leave this world a better place than I found it. I, I so, that. you know, like doing those kind of things is uh, what I was interested in. And the cell phone thing was pretty good, but I exited it because I knew I had to do something bigger. And I I could feel like, yeah, yeah, I can take it. It's a, it's just a challenge. You know, um, you, you have to like figure things out along the way and uh, you have to be a bit spontaneous. You have to pivot in businesses and, uh, you know, like, um, yeah, it's just most of the stuff is figuring out and like opening the cell phone brand and all those things really, really kind of boosted my confidence in, uh, you know, starting something bigger. And that's how I came upon the whole EgoFlex thing. So, yeah, like EgoFlex is like a platform where um, it's an Airbnb model for, you know, in a, in a simple, simple language. It's an Airbnb model for electric cars. We're trying to build a community of people that would like to offer their cars to rent to other people that are traveling in their local areas. And for, we want, we want to make EVs affordable for people because, uh, you know, even now EVs are like super expensive. It's going to take probably a year or two, maybe more to come up with more affordable options. So yeah, like as it goes, like we just want to make EVs more affordable and we just want to build a community that is, uh, you know, very well geared towards uh, a sustainable future, you know? Um, the governments definitely are coming together. EU, uh, North America are very much into like the net zero goals. And uh, yeah, if you can help in any part of it, yeah, be more than happy to. Yeah, you're right on trend, man. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, so right now you got a fleet of of nine Teslas, you said? Eight Teslas? Yeah, we have we have eight Model 3 Teslas. Nice. Uh, really, really good thing about that uh, is the, the fact that the government offered us uh, so many tax rebates. Ah, uh, you know, yeah, so the tax yeah. rebates totally helped out, man. Uh, BC definitely helped us out. So federally, you can avail $5,000 on each car that you buy. Yeah. Uh, but provincial level also like uh, BC provided us $3,000 off on each car and we, we saved $8,000 on, you know, like each car. So it was it was pretty good. You know, it, it, it definitely helped us out. So. Yeah, we started out in January. Okay. Going pretty good. Okay. I got a few questions about that. Uh, We'll start at the beginning. How did you get the capital to invest in the Teslas? We bootstrapped, man. We bootstrapped and then we um, applied for this uh, government program. It's called Canadian Small Business Finance. A lot of startups should look into this if uh, the startups have traction and they believe like uh, they need some money to grow. They need working capital. They need to buy assets like machineries or uh, other components for the business. Canadian small business finance loan is the way to go. Uh, You have to uh, front 25% uh, of the whole total amount of the loan. And uh, for the rest of the 75%, the government acts as the guarantor for you. And um, yeah, banks can, you go to any, any bank you would like to uh, partner up with and the bank will totally like, uh, you know, set up the application for you. Uh, You just talk to the bank and the bank will take care of it. And uh, it's oh, it's a really really so, good program. So that's the first step to go through. And it's not only Canadians. I mean, the the Americans, every, almost every every country has some sort of a a program yes. for these entrepreneurship. Yeah. Uh, these entrepreneurial yeah. ventures. Um, is that is that yeah. the first step? Is you go to the bank, and the bank will like that's where they they fill out the application for you. So for for us, it was uh, because we did so much deep research into it. We knew it was going to work. And uh, with Tesla's, you know, like having their own fan base and being like this uh, status thing, a brand yeah. thing, you know, like and Elon Musk and all those things, like we knew like we can't go wrong with Tesla. So we just like started out with this uh, to buy inventory. But uh, for other startups, like if 
if they have some traction and uh, they they really believe in their in their business and uh, they they think they need this to grow. And if they don't want to part with equity and they have, um, you know, like 25 percent of, say, for example, like if you want to get a half a million dollar loan, you could probably go for a half a million dollar loan and just like front 25 percent of it in terms of like showing your assets or, you know, putting up cash. What's that so, process look like? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta show that you're, you've, you've got successful sales incoming. You, what, what are they? Yeah. So do? the process for that would be to, uh, at, at least show like what your projections are going to look like for the next two years. How are you going to be paying off the loan? Mm -hmm. Um, they're going to do a background check on you, like criminal background check, right, right, right. basic and uh credit score check and all of those things. So, and also like, uh, they'll, they'll check your net worth. Oh, where your net worth is as a person. So yeah, like once you once you can finalize all those things, you can definitely uh, like apply for those things, uh, those kind of loans. And uh, the loan is majorly for um, assets. So okay. you're putting in 25%, you're showing off, like say for example, you have a property, right? You can show 25%, like, okay, my property is worth 500,000 or something, for example. So, you know, 25% of 500,000 would be $125,000, which would be, you know, like a, a lien by the bank on your gotcha. property yeah, as security. Yeah, yeah. I got you. And then okay. you can in buy assets from the money that they provide. Yeah. Right. So that way, in case you go bankrupt or whatever, they've got something to fall back on in terms of getting yes. the assets yeah. that, they, that they essentially yeah. purchase at 75%. So they will all, yeah. Yeah. I got you. Okay. So you got nine Teslas like, uh, on... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Man. Like uh, for for that too, like uh, if in case you dissolve the business or you're looking to dissolve the business, you can just sell the assets again, right? And the yeah. bank gets its money back through the assets I based see. on how much yeah, it's yeah. used and all those things. So it's not that risky, uh, but it definitely like gives you like a very good chance to, you know, like grow your business and not part with equity. Right. Okay. So, so how yeah, did you know? It's a pretty good option. How did you know that that was the path you wanted to go down? I know you you had that incident with the skiing yeah. and you wanted to make a difference. So how did yeah. you know that the the EV path was was the one to take? Because like it's it's just a just like based on my research, like I was really really confident because uh, I was looking into the last century of uh, ah. when people transitioned from horses to gasoline cars. Yeah. Man, it just took twenty years from nineteen ten mm. to nineteen thirty there were no more horses on the streets, mm -hmm. you know, in major, major cities, at least like in villages, yeah. like, yeah, horses are still there, but look at it now. Like, uh, people just like, uh, ride horses on tracks. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And I want to let you know that I've got a free book that you can get if you want to tap into more of these resources and you can get that for free at kylesbook.com. Back to the podcast. You know, yeah, true. No, and everyone likes <laughs> yeah. cars. So, yeah, yeah. As you can see yeah, that in the, the future is going to be uh, gas cars. It'll yeah, only yeah. be ridden on tracks, you know. Yeah, for, for yeah. Racing. That's that's what I believe. Like cars are going to go into self-driving mode, mm -hmm. and uh, you know it's going to be a lot safer, a lot more convenient, a uh, lot more stress-free, uh, less accidents. You know, like very very good for us. And then uh, yeah, if you want the thrill of it, you know, you can drive um, cars on tracks. I think that's that's probably going to be the future, and we're gearing up towards that. Yeah. I like that. But you, like look I was saying, the past. you look towards the past yeah. to see what was going to work. And you said, oh, okay, well, exactly. if that right. happened before, it's likely to happen again. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's it historical data, right? Yeah. And uh, a lot of businesses go out and go, you know, like out of business 
uh, a lot of industries go out of business because there's no need for that anymore. Um, I feel like now oil change companies and all those companies are kind of yeah, slowly going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is what it is, man. You know, there was a lot of horse yeah. jockeys that lost their jobs in the 1920s yeah. or whatever. So, you know, it's the same thing again. You don't want to be a yeah. horse jockey in 2023. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> opening an oil Definitely change man, shop. Like, <laughs> world is changing. Yep. constantly and if you don't change with it you know like the world's gonna leave you behind so yeah no you, gotta, shit, you gotta go for it man always gotta stay on top of the trend and this paradigm shift is just starting that's why you know like i, I really believe in the whole ev venture thing uh even if it comes up to like 50 percent gas cars 50 percent evs it would still be a significant amount of uh you know um pressure on fossil fuels you know like that yeah too. okay for charging yeah. in some things like the grids are not set up in a in a sustainable manner Right. But I think we're gearing towards that, you know, uh, where we're going to use oh, yeah. more conventional methods like oh, uh, wind yeah, mills yeah. and solar for generating more electricity. Yeah, yeah. So, 100%. yeah, we're, we're gearing towards that. Okay, so, so yeah, got... even if it's like a 50-50 ratio, it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah, over the well, it's coming up soon, man. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. If you look at the trends. Well, it's, what it's, do you think about there. it? What do you what do you think uh, like is going to happen in the next 10 years, like in terms of, uh, you know, like automotives, basically? I'm optimistic, man. I think fully autonomous yeah. driving is going to be happening in no time, especially yeah. with AI that's happening right now. You know, the AI. Yeah. Boom, I mean, shit. To me, there's no way that we're still driving cars in 10 years. We will see if that's yeah. the case or not. I'm not Nostradamus or whatever. But what I think yeah. is is within 10 years, fully autonomous driving is is the norm. Um, yeah. You're on top of that. You're on top of that trend. Let's go into that a little bit. Uh, you got eight yeah. cars. Um, how did you get the clients that went into getting uh, those cars rented out? Uh, what, what's your marketing so, process? Um, Initially, when I got the cars, I was going to test out two models, uh, which is like the traditional car rental method, which is Enterprise and, uh, you know, Hertz nice. and all these other cars that have like locations and, uh, you know, like you rent out your cars from the locations and stuff. Uh, for that, it was like when I came upon like a, a company to, you know, um, set up my fleet management system and all those things, it was very clunky. You had to break apart the car from the inside install some components in it so right. you know it can talk to mm. like the system it was a pretty outdated method and uh, my car was brand new i don't want to do something like that so i started uh checking out different peer-to-peer -peer car sharing models and uh, i tested out Turo for a bit and i just put up my cars like on Turo for a while and tested it out and it was it was pretty good hmm. And so that's, um, that's how you get, that's how you've been getting clients since January. Is yes. Yes. And uh, like huh. we did three, 300 trips so far. And, uh, you know, like since we only have electric cars, like, uh, people have, uh, like we've, we've done some like in-person customer service. Right. And we found out like, uh, what all the pain points are that I think Turo is like a giant that came up pretty fast, started pretty fast, has no competition. So it's kind of, coasting right now mm. you know it's not trying its best right now it's like okay you know we're giants now you know we we uh, we decide what we want or what we don't want and you know we kind of like control the whole market but i think it's it's time that you know some competition came up and kind of like kind of you know gave to her a little bit of a shake so you know it, it does mm. better for the company for their current like customers and hosts um and uh you know like competition is healthy man like um you, you need to have competition or <laughs> you know like like or you don't have like capitalism <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and that goes down a like, whole new track not the market aid and then uh, you don't have like you don't have any kind of like uh 
uh, sense of, uh, I don't know, like fairness, you know, mm. like you just uh, narrate whatever pricing you want, you you charge however insane amount of fees you want, yeah. and all those things. So there are a decent amount of issues that we can definitely look into and, uh, you know, solve for the for the masses. And um, yeah, man, like I, it, it's, a, it's a really, really big market. Like the old model too, we were thinking like apart from like, having the cars and having a sustainable brand. Like I also wanted, my life's goal was to plant as many trees as possible too. Mm, you know, yeah. that was my way of leaving the world behind like a, like a better place than I found it is to have a lot more trees planted because every year we have so many crazy wildfires, man. North America, yeah. Europe, crazy wildfires, Asia too. I want to I wanna plant as many trees as possible is the path of least resistance to do something good. That. You know, no yeah, one yeah, yeah. say that's, hey, that's a good point. Don't plant trees, that's bad. You know, yeah, no, no say nobody's that. saying so, that. Yeah, yeah, that's the one yeah, thing we all agree yeah. on. Eh? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah dude, they get so, the wildfires and you got the construction that's that's tearing down forests. You know, I'm in a course. condo right now that I realized just recently is uh, there's a, there's a forest all around me, and then there's these condo yeah. buildings, and I'm like, oh fuck, man. You know, there was that one time not too long ago, maybe one or two years ago, a massive forest yeah. where I'm sitting right now. You know, yeah. So it's like it's like yeah, you got all kinds of threats to the forest right now. So you got well, you're kind of a hippie, like, uh, you know that man? You kind of a you got yeah. that hippie vibe going on. You got that tree hugginess. I love it. <laughs> not yeah, that, not not a hippie vibe, man. It's just that um uh, I like my my thing to do in terms of peace and uh, you know like finding uh, uh, you know some solitude and some some kind of like uh, bliss and being uh, off the grid. Yeah. It, it just does something, man. It's unexplainable. You can't put it in words, but when you're out in nature, it just makes you feel amazing. Yeah. Man. And you don't need okay. anything else to be happy. You don't you don't need gadgets. You don't need anything. Yeah. When you're hiking out there, the views, man, I, I don't know. It just makes you feel in some way, right? When you're when 100%. you're hiking all the way up for two, three hours up a mountain and you see that view from the top, it's a totally different feeling, dude. Yeah. Nothing kind of compares to it. And you know, uh surfing, try surfing. You know, you're out surfing and all those things. Like, it's just, it's unexplainable. You know, it's, you just enjoy life at the fullest. You're just like at the peak of, uh, you you know, enjoying your life and being in the moment. And being in the moment is just so amazing these days, you know. A lot of people need to do more of these kind yeah, of things where no you're just yeah. in the moment. You're enjoying the activity that you're doing. But for us, like every day, it's mostly like overthinking, you know, thinking about other things. You're here, you're talking, but you're not here. Your right. mind is elsewhere. You know, you're yeah, not engaged yeah, in conversations. Yeah, yeah. I know. But and when you're surfing like, or you're rock climbing or you're playing hockey, you're there, you know, you're exactly. in there, you're skateboarding, yes. you're, whatever your thing of choice is, you, there's nothing yeah. else going on. Like scuba diving, you know, I went scuba yeah. diving up in uh, in Vancouver and I was like, fuck, man, you know, when you're in the water, there's nothing else going on in the whole world. You're there, yep. you know, and everything you goes have that. And you're just like bear yeah so, so those that's the flow things, state. You know, I, I love nature and uh you know like uh canada is a growing country canada's population is just 40 million uh and united states population is 339 million so canada is going to grow like very very fast we have the land for so. it um yeah. you know and uh, yeah we're gonna have to do some deforestation for that yeah, but it's, true, it's, but it's you know it's we can also you know, reforest and we can find other project, other areas where we can start planting more trees to make up for it, you know, right, uh, yes, yes. even, 
even urban cities too like uh the amount of greenery in vancouver is a, is a decent amount you know like there's yeah, vancouver is beautiful they've kept that, that in mind yeah you know canada like has definitely kept nature in mind and uh the development that they're, that they're doing is pretty pretty much uh sensible you know yeah, uh they're, be, they're sure, trying man. to be as sustainable as possible if we can help in that process we can definitely you know try it's it's so my personal this... goal too I love it, dude. So I'm wondering how this tailors to the marketing aspect of it, where it's like, hey, back to that. yeah, come yeah. back to it, dude. Cause there's a big, yeah. there's a big advantage having the advocacy behind you. Yes. People want to be a part of something bigger than them. Yes. So like majority of Canada, I would say like in their leisure time, they like to do hiking. They like to go for hikes and, uh, you know, like, uh, be more in nature summertime. What do you do? You go to the beach, you go to the rivers, lakes, you enjoy nature, you, you enjoy being amongst trees and all those things. So, um, one of the huge factors that really counts and counts into it is wildfires and floods and all these things because of lack of trees and uh you know because of like uh you know like global warming climate change and all these things temperatures rising blah 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 so our goal was to build a green sustainable brand where we're not just offering emission-free cars we're going one step further where we're also planting trees along the way so in the older model if we started like a, a pop-up uh, location say for example like we expanded from eight cars to 20 cars how much, how many trees in a year are 20 cars going to kind of, you know, like help me plant trees compared to a model where our platform is open for anyone and everyone that would like to put their electric cars on our platform. And, um, you know, like we plant three trees per day yeah. for, for each of the cars get rented out. So it's, it's a, it's a, for each of the cars that get rented of, out. Uh, yeah. See, exactly. so yeah. yeah, that adds up so, quick, man. That yeah, the first would be the host. Scales. The host would offer one dollar out of their profits from renting the car for one day. Uh, us as a platform, however much profit we make, we offer one dollar from our thing. Imagine, and yeah. uh, customers, they'll just uh, pay a dollar extra for mm -hmm. renting their cars. And this, like three dollars, is going to be like going that. towards uh -huh. like uh, you know, it's not it's not a huge amount. No. You rent a car for ten days, it's ten dollars extra, but you get to plant ten trees, and you get to feel good about your vacation. You get to feel better. You get to feel yeah. proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got something bigger... to talk about. You feel it's about that feeling. Exactly. Dude. You feel you're you're being a part of yeah. something bigger than you. And uh, in our last conversation, we talked about that connectingness yes. of it. There's a connection yes. that you're taking place with not only yourself and nature, which is absolutely yeah. the case, but also with the the community of those that are connecting yeah. with you that were doing the same things as you by by yeah. you know taking advantage of the the car rental platform that you've got so there's yes. a big there's a big opportunity there in terms of a community um exactly man should... like i'm just trying to build an autonomous system that mm. is uh beneficial for the general population right. more like mm. so we're trying to create women's situations i don't want to make money uh i don't want to make a lot of money i don't need a lot of money um i just want to build something uh that kind of you know like makes other people's lives better to better too you know yeah. apart from like following the trend the trend is going towards ev industry is just starting out right now i'm i'm here i'm trying to build a brand and i i want other people who own evs and believe in evs to be a part of it and you know like have this system where people are relying on other people inflation is not going to go anywhere in the next few years you know it's going to be there even mm -hmm. if it's like a, it, it might cut down 30 percent, but 
inflation is going to be there. Especially and, in Canada, and, man. God damn it. You see our dollar yeah. value with the US dollar right now? It's like fucking peanuts. Crazy. Oh, God. It's, it's good crazy. for me because I get paid in US <laughs> dollars, but for everybody else, yeah. it fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, whatever. Man. But I, I digress. Anyways, go on, man. Go on. What were you going to say? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So like, yeah, if, if you can make your EV affordable, say, for example, like uh, Canada takes so many immigrants every year, right? So there is a base of customers that want to rent out cars. They can't afford cars here. They're, they come they come here as students. I, I myself came here as a student. I couldn't afford a car. Uh, um, I was paying my rent, doing a part-time job, paying my rent, paying my bills and going to school. That's How all I got to do. And then over? the weekends. Um, I came over in 2014. Oh, okay, nice uh, man. Because you you yeah. don't have an you don't have an Indian accent the way you would typically, no, especially because no. you came what, over relatively what, later. If this was what you want me to do for the rest of the podcast? I can tell you. <laughs> <something like this. laughs> oh man, that's amazing though. You got rid of it. That's interesting. Uh, I, I, not a lot of people can do that. I, after 15 years old, especially because then the tongue isn't able to bend the same way. So it's impressive, even that. I, I think in in as um for your personality it's it's your level of openness to new experiences right. is what helps you adapt, adapt faster ah, so yeah, you know, like yeah. i'm just more open to like new experiences like i said like i love talking to different people from different backgrounds and uh you know having a lot of engaging conversations is how i learn and i just slowly adapted mm -hmm. man like it's just, i don't even you know i don't it's just how i speak now and it's not like something that I need to try. I still say a few words in different pronunciations, you know, in different accents or whatever. But oh, you can't yeah, even tell, dude. Is, yeah, no, I thought you came over at like four or five years old. That's why when you're you're telling your story, yeah. you said your, your parents didn't yeah. want you traveling at 15. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, yeah. dude, how old were you when you came over? Wait a second, something's up here. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking one, English man. is one thing, but with your yeah. accent is another. So yeah, yeah. it's impressive, dude. Um, you talk about uh, making connections with folks and, and learning a lot from these conversations. How do you get in touch with the people that you connect with uh what's your process networking for, for connecting no. networking events mm. and 100 like it doesn't matter if you're a student you're still working you have like a good career going on or you're trying to make a transition whatever it is if you want to be best at your field you gotta go talk to other people about it yeah yeah networking nobody changed the world. events are the best thing to do that is Without something that they taught us in, in school in toronto yeah. and i'm i'm mm. really really grateful about it I got to meet so many amazing people that are doing so many amazing things. And, uh, you know, entrepreneurship can be a lonely experience. But True. when you go to these events, you get to realize that, hey, there are other people that are in the same boat like me. They're trying yeah. to solve some kind of problem that's out there. And they want to they want to make other people's lives more can, more easy. The same way you, you know? do. Yeah, you start connecting exactly. with folks that are just like you. You thought yeah. you were the only one. Turns out there are others, you know? Um, what's your process for finding the, the the events to go through? And then what do you do at the events to connect oh, with I these folks? Go, I just go to meetup.com. I go to right. Eventbrite. Like if yeah, you want to yeah. go to free events, you can go to free events. Or if you want to go to uh, events that are, um, you know, like on a, on a major scale with like massive amounts of audience coming in and, you know, like you have some famous speakers coming in. You can attend those, but for starters, there's a lot of mixers and, uh, you know, like open events that you can just go to and, uh, you know, meet different kinds of people. You get to be more confident. You get to have your 30 second elevator pitch. You can improve on that. Mm. You can start to be more social. If you're an introvert, this is a very comfortable setting for to get to know people. You know, it's evening time. Everyone's relaxed. Everyone just wants to hang out, chill, like do some small talk. Hey, if you're interested in doing business, yeah, we can talk about business later on. You make contacts, you exchange business cards. It's fun. It's fun. You make friends, 
you you make uh, new acquaintances, you expand your network, and then you reach out to people on LinkedIn later on. You you start expanding your network, and later on, don't know like a few years down the line, you get to con- reconnect with those people, and they can help you out. Yeah, and you never know what's gonna happen. You know, you never know who you're gonna start a company with in your garage. Yeah. It turns out to be Apple. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no kidding. I was really scared, man. Mm, I was really scared. Tell me about that. I was very, very scared for starting a business. Right. And uh, when I started going going to these events and I started seeing people solving these problems and actually making it out and making it successful, yeah, I was I was a lot more motivated. And every month I kept going, I kept going, and it started building my confidence more. And mm. I took the leap. Uh, you know, so it, it really, really helped out, man. Um, what was the leap that you took from the from the event? Was that the the phone business? No. I didn't even tell you about the first one. <laughs> the <laughs> oh, come first, on. Yeah. So uh, I just uh, uh, like graduated from uh, college, from Centennial College. There's a community college in uh, Toronto, Centennial. Okay. okay pretty yeah. good. Um, faculties are there are pretty good. I got to learn a lot. But then right after that, um, so the thing, uh, how it works over here in Canada is that you study for two years, you get three years of work permit. And in those three years, you can uh, you can work one year full time and then you can apply for permanent residency. So my idea was very different from what what people would actually think and do. So my idea was like, hey, I got to I I got to three years of work permit. Right. I graduated after two years. I got three years of work permit. Let me take the first two years to start my own business. And if it doesn't work in the third year, I'll just keep my head down. I work full time and, you know, get a salary job and then get my permanent residency. Right. So for, for those two years, a lot of people like, uh, you know, in their 30s, mid 30s or when they have family and kids, they want to start a business. It's too risky, man. Yeah, there's a lot on the line. Yeah. Starting now, like you, when I'm like 24, 25. OK, yeah. yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I got time on my side and I don't have much responsibilities. My parents are also like uh, supporting me like, hey, if you want to try it, like give it a try and, you know, like see if it works or not. And I was like, OK, yeah, I'm going to give it two years. So. The first year, I was actually a part of this uh, AI program. Um, AI I met program. These two, yeah, I met these two kids uh, from from United Kingdom. I played this game online game. I was playing this online game, and what, what they was were it? Actually I'm was, curious. Uh, what was the game? Dota Two. Okay. Oh yeah, Dota. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a very complex kind of a chess like game, right? A lot of people play competitively in that in that um, you know field in that game. And the tournament prize money is insane. Like the top winners got like a couple million dollars and all those things. So it's very highly competitive. A lot of people play because it's free to play. Um, learning curve is pretty high. So what they did was they started this uh, little program that can actually talk to you in your ear while you're playing the game mm. to uh, train you. Interesting. So okay. it, would, it would take visual cues uh, uh, and color changes in the patterns on, on, on the screen. And then it would give you like audio cues on what to do, what not to do and all that mm. stuff. So it improved people's win rate from 51% to 58%. Wow. And it had a decent amount of traction like that. That was something good. And the way they were doing marketing was really, really kind of sleazy. It came off as like, hey, I want to hack on your computer, download this shit. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It sketch. was really bad. It was really bad. So I was like, uh, I, I tried it out anyway. I was like, okay, what is this? Let me take, let me give you know, give it a try. I tried it out. It was really good. 
uh, I liked it. I believed in it. And uh, I, I reached out to them. I was like, hey, man, like you guys have a really good product, but your marketing is shit. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you guys should probably do something about it. It's coming off as like a virus or something kind of a, a you know, some, some kind of program that wants to invade your computer or something. Um, so I started talking to them. Uh, I worked with them for a year until they sold out the company. Uh, they sold out the company to uh, another bigger Australia, uh, Australian esports company. Okay. And, you know, they bought the whole system uh, that they were actually trying to, you know, like sell. So, yeah, that, that was the first venture. And uh, in that, I was I was I was also like working with the uh, event organizing thing. And, you know, my head was kind of like, yeah, working I was like, OK, yeah, this is I'm working in a startup and I'm also like going to events and listening to other people's startups. And that's how I, you know, started getting more courage towards like building a business and, you know, mm. more confident about it. Okay, so over these yeah. three companies, what's the top? And by the way, yeah, no shit, eh? But uh, over these three companies, what's the top business lesson that you've learned in terms of actionable steps that somebody who's running an existing business can take? Figuring shit out. <laughs> yeah, you're but how do you have, do that? <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not gonna have all the answers. Like, right, things are gonna happen that are not gonna be in your control, and you're gonna have to deal with it. And uh, it, you're your team is only going to work as hard as you work. Mm, yes. It's more leading by example. You can't have uh, other people do more work and you're not doing much. And uh, you're just in that, you know, managerial role. Like, Hey, I'm managing my team. Like I don't need to do any more work. Like they do all the work. No, you gotta, you gotta be out there yeah. in the field with them and be a part of the whole team and wear different hats and, you know, like um, be more uh, intimate in the whole like dealing of the business. And that's, that's how you make it better. That's how you intimacy. enjoy more time working with your team too. Mm. You know, intimacy with good. the clients, which they can feel if you yeah. got a, a wholesome team, that's going they can feel that. Your own team. Yeah. 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 With each one other. Third of your, one clients. third of your week or basically on an average, one third of your life, you know, working. Yeah, and if you so don't you better enjoy have it, man. no shit. Yeah, and the other and one third <laughs> sleeping, so it's like you yeah. know, it's really almost like two thirds because you only got one third left after after that. Exactly. So better goddamn exactly. well enjoy it, and you'll probably if you yeah. are enjoying it, then you'll start to dream about it. So it is almost yeah. two thirds. You know what I mean? Um, yes, it's a major portion. It's very very important to to enjoy the process. Well, this is this is like this is the ultimate like uh, thing, right? That I'm working on is because like I want to set up and a system like you know i want this system to work autonomously right where right. i don't need to manage it more, anymore and mm. you know uh, like the business is taking care of itself and that's when i get to enjoy more of the things that i like to do which is you know enjoying nature traveling yep. um you know not working for money but working for a good cause you know, like, it goes back to know, the it goes back to the Bhagavad Gita. You're from India. Yeah. It goes back to the Bhagavad yeah. Gita to not work for the result of the work, but for the duty itself. And yes. there's something there's something very sacred to that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robin Sharma is also a pretty good writer, and he had uh, this this short short book. Uh, I don't remember the name of the book. It's pretty old. Um, and uh, the book is uh, really, really good. And uh, it had a lesson in there where the guy wanted to gain as much knowledge as possible and, uh, you know, be successful in his business. So his friend who just came back from his trip to Nepal, you know, in the Himalayas or whatever for, with the monks, is like, you know, why don't you give it a try? And he goes over there and he finds this monk guy who wants to actually, uh, you know, uh, like uh, he wants to learn from that monk. 
And he says, like, okay, how long is it going to take me for to uh, to learn all of these lessons so I can go back and, you know, like, and just mm. kill it in my business? Yes. How long is it going to take me? And um, yeah, that's the lesson. He, uh, he said, like, <laughs> it's going to take you 10 years. Mm. I was like, okay, 10 years is uh, pretty long. How about if I work twice as hard, you know, like, is it going to be five years then? Like, no, it was going to be 15 years. Was 20 like, Wait, years. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't uh. make sense. See, that's interesting. Like, wow. Yeah. Mm. So if you keep up, like both your eyes on the things that you're actually doing instead of the end result, like, yes. uh, you know, you would probably be a lot more productive. You achieve, achieve a lot more. So yeah, enjoying the process is what, what one really needs to just give me one second. My cat is hungry. I think let me just okay, be right back. <laughs> Talking about being in the moment. <laughs> yeah sorry about that man <laughs> it's all good dude it's all good so we got um we got nine minutes and i gotta get on another meeting here so um sure, let's sure. wrap it up where do you think ai is going in the future of your company and how are you going to be taking advantage of it oh we're definitely going to take uh yeah we, we're definitely going to have uh ai be a significant part of our uh system because uh i think it's going to make our everyday operations a lot more simpler uh, AI can take off um, a decent amount of chunk of hard work that comes into customer service. So yeah. uh, if there are like a decent amount of queries, like there's there's a hierarchy of uh, like there, it's like a funnel basically, right? So you go to the general customer service, then you have the technical customer service, then you have like the insurance. Uh, so whatever fields you want to go to, like I think it will be easier to filter down the issues and majority, like say for example, 20 to 30% of the issues would be solved uh, without any, uh, you know, human help. Easy. And uh, AI yeah. would definitely like play a significant role in that if you can set up the system in a in that way where the, uh, you know, like initial generalistic kind of problems are taken care of by AI, um, it will be very, very easy. We're also looking into developing smart contracts through blockchain. So uh, smart contracts are something in, in terms of insurance where mm. um, okay, the AI assesses the issue and whoever's at fault and whoever uh, needs to be paid the amount of money, uh, the smart contract will kick in and okay, is gonna determine, okay, it's this situation. So in this situation, money goes and uh, gets dispersed to this party. And, you know, like it's going to be like pretty, pretty fast, like uh, decision making to AI and less time in mm. people getting uh, insurance money, you know. Okay, so okay. that's what all about, something that we're looking into. What about in terms of your yeah. marketing, man? You see any uh, opportunities to use AI in your marketing? Uh, AI in marketing. hundred uh, percent. But. Um, I believe more in uh, word of mouth and uh, the viral kind of marketing. And I'm trying to incorporate a system in my business where we're going to reward people for sharing honest reviews on their social media. Right. Social okay. media has made word of mouth play be a lot more easily shared. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, a lot of companies out there are not taking advantage of something like this. We need more video reviews. We need more video testimonials of, uh, you know, like businesses. And uh, instead of like paying influencers, like big level influencers and, you know, celebrities and all those people to say whatever you want them to say, I would probably, I would like honest reviews about businesses. You know, that's what I trust more. You know, right. I, I check out reviews. I don't look at ads and go towards something. I check out the reviews and then I, you know, like uh, give the business my money. So like, I, I think it's it's a much smarter way 
uh, you create a lot of user-generated content and other people are advocating your business. So you reward your own customer base for advocating for you and are sharing their honest experience about the business. Now, uh, a lot of people would say, okay, what if they leave a lot of negative reviews? What's going to happen then? And I was like, okay, then you have a learning curve, man. You you got to figure those things out. Like if you have some problems in your business that you're getting a bad review for, you need to work on it. And the more transparent you are, I think it's a lot more uh, better. You know, you can come out stronger. You can, uh, you know, address those problems well, yeah. and uh, you, you can, can reposition yeah, any can... negative as a positive right it goes yeah. back to yeah it goes back to the whole spiritual part of it too another key thing into figuring stuff out right like you can't you can't avoid criticism right and you, you got to take it with it, a baby. pinch of salt yeah, you can't well, be emotional about it yeah yeah if your end goal is actually making the, the business successful you got to take criticism you gotta you gotta learn from it instead of feel bad about it learn from it and move on that's all that's all there is to it. So, you know, like if you have that end goal in mind, you you have to have that, you know, kind of level of mindset where you don't get wayward uh, em or emotional about these kind of things. And you have yeah. to focus on that goal to make it successful, you know. I love it, man. All right. So as we wrap this thing up, anything you want to add? Yeah. No, man, like it was it was pretty good. Like the the conversation was pretty good it was fun talking to you man i think we would be great friends you know yeah i agree uh, brother yeah next time i'm in, yeah. in vancouver or when you're in quebec man absolutely. hit me up yeah we'll meet absolutely. up no yes. doubt, dude. we'll definitely go out for a drink we'll talk more yeah, uh, dude, what like you're that. doing with your business i really really like um i think a lot of uh people are definitely gonna enjoy your whole concept you you gotta tell me more about it man like if you have two minutes Tell me how you started, man. I, I would really like to know. because it's, I it's can't, random. man. There's no way I could tell uh, the story okay. in four minutes because I got to get off. All I right, got we'll do a part two. We'll do a part two sometimes. <laughs> got to have a part two, man, where we talk about me. <laughs> All right, man. Take All care. right, brother. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, All right, man. God. You have a good day. Happy Thanksgiving. You too, brother. Ciao. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. And if you want to get a free copy of my book, go to kylesbook.com and you can get a copy there. I'll talk with you soon.